uh, Hillary has been lengthening her excuses as to why uh, she lost the election. She didn't really lose the election. It was stolen from her uh, by, I think it's up to 24 different excuses she has now. Number 24 is content farms in Macedonia. And uh, as I said, uh, my grandfather was a uh, Macedonian content farmer. And uh, we often think about, you know, gathering on the porch and recalling the old days on the Macedonian. I never thought, he never thought that the old content farmers he left behind in Macedonia would one day steal the U.S. presidential election. They are gnarled, hardworking Macedonian peasants. And the way they were able to reach out and uh, steal the election. News agency AFP reports that Prime Minister Zoran Zaev and his government will consider legalizing recreational marijuana next year. According to the report, Zaev said, quote, We will listen to the voice of the citizens, and then the parliament will act accordingly, unquote. Interesting phrase there. Again, Zaev said that, quote, We will listen to the voice of the citizens, and then the parliament will act accordingly, unquote. In other words, just like Zayev listened to the voice of the citizens in the September 30, 2018 referendum on the name, which lost in a landslide, and then his parliament, with a little help from the U.S. Embassy and others, did the opposite of what the Macedonians wanted. So much for the, quote, consent of the governed, unquote, a hallmark of democracy. Curiously, the AFP report also quotes Zayev stating that legalization, quote, is expected to bring an annual income of 250 million euros and open up well-paid jobs, unquote. What the news report fails to state is the extent to which the Zayev family is involved in growing marijuana plants. To its credit, the AFP also notes the recent theft of two tons of marijuana from different growers and how most of it has not been recovered. We'll discuss all of this and more on this episode of the Macedonian Content Farmers Podcast. I'm Jason Miko, coming to you from the foot of the Catalina Mountains in Oro Valley, Arizona. And this is Tristan Chilimano from Skopje, Macedonia. Sutton, how are you? It's been a while since we've talked. Yeah, we had to do a brief break, uh, like, a, what was it, uh, two weeks, maybe? Two weeks, something like that. Yeah, I know um, we've things all been traveling and busy with things. other things. Yeah. So, yeah. so uh, um, Not was, like anything uh, important is happening. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, as we were talking just before we got on this podcast, you know, the, here we are. We're getting ready to celebrate Christmas here this week. Uh, then we've got New Year's next week and then Christmas, Orthodox Christmas in Macedonia the week after that. So these these weeks, you know, and, and of course, we just celebrated Thanksgiving a couple of weeks ago. So once you get into, in, at least in the United States, once you get into mid-November, you know, through the middle of January, uh, and then you combine that with all of the holidays and everything going on in, in Macedonia. It's just, it's a slower time. Um, and I think people, to be honest, are focused on, frankly, more important things than politics, you know, <laughs> like family and yeah. friends and Christmas and New Year's and all of these things. Plus you throw in, of course, the pandemic, which people are still worried about, etc. And there's just a lot more to um, to life than politics, which is, which is good. <laughs> I'm, I'm grateful for that. Um, Nevertheless, there are still things going on in Macedonia and around the world that we need to discuss and talk about. And, and I think as, as we just introduced this podcast, this is episode 96 of the Macedonian Content Farmers Podcast, and we're recording this on Tuesday, the 22nd of December. Um, this is a little bit, we're going to talk about, you know, a few other things than just, you know, the regular politics and whatnot. Um, we're going to talk about marijuana. <laughs> 
and and drugs and crime and money and all kinds of good things just before just before Christmas here. Um, but as as I as I mentioned in the monologue, um, and that was a good uh, Agence France Press uh, re reportage uh, reporting on um, on the marijuana trade, I guess we call it, or whatever we want to, you know, that, that's going on. Massive. This has been going on for quite some time. We remember, gosh, I, I remember writing about, what was his name, Big Mike, yeah, uh, the big uh, marijuana dealer here in the States uh, that flew in on his uh, G5 or something like that and had a meeting with Zayev. And, and, of course, the Zayev government wanted to cover it up and didn't want to say anything about it, but Big Mike was so busy posting on his social media uh, with, uh, you know, with the scantily clad uh, women and everything else that... Uh, that the government that the government couldn't keep it down, and so it was reported in the press and whatnot. That Big Mike wants to turn Macedonia, and apparently Zoran Zayev wants to turn Macedonia into one big marijuana field, and now they want to make it recreational, legally. Um, but at my understanding, and correct me if I'm wrong, you would know this better than I do. Most countries in Europe don't have not allowed for the, the legalization of recreational marijuana. Correct? Yeah, it's uh, except for the Netherlands. I think it's. Than everywhere else, right? And yeah, it's it's not something you do lightly. Yeah, because uh, I mean, if we all did it at the same time, I suppose prices would go down across the region. Let's say the whole Balkan countries do it simultaneously. But if we are the the only ones who do it, uh, then you have uh, cheaper, more available drugs here, and a huge incentive to bring it out to. Bulgaria to Greece to Serbia. Okay, the borders are currently closed, so you really have to smuggle it using donkeys or uh, hiding it in uh, uh, cargo in, in trucks who are uh, allowed uh, over the border. Uh, but by definition, you know, if we're the ones who are allowing it and everybody else is still banning it, uh, the prices shoot up and the type of people who would be doing this type of transporting are the type of people who would... Uh, at some point, kill a police officer or, uh, you know, bribe politicians, etc. And uh, our government is not only very open to being bribed, it uh, actually <laughs> insists on being uh, having the front seat in uh, managing the entire business. So practically the Zayev family uh -huh. is directly involved in this business and uh, Zayev is issuing licenses to people around him, to his cousins, to his relatives. So uh, his priest even, his bishop... <laughs> even his wow. and his lawyer <laughs> so this is like the inner oh. circle of the Zayev family who are receiving these licenses and you can imagine the type of corruption we'll be having uh, around this business yeah i mean it's 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 kind of funny you know the without getting too deep into the weeds las vegas of course famous for gambling here in the state of nevada in the united states uh the, the whole theory about creating legalized gambling was that you would take crime out of it and yet, anybody with two eyes and two ears knows, and a half a half a brain knows that even even with legalized gambling in the state of Nevada, there is so much crime involved. Uh, it, it is never going to go away. Uh, Colorado, which famously uh, next door to us, famously um, legalized marijuana a couple of years ago, crime is still rampant within the the marijuana industry and. You legalize all there's always going to be crime. It's part of human nature, I think. Uh, plus, it's just something, again, you, you don't have to be very smart. You don't have to be well-read. You don't have to have a high IQ. I think it's just inherent, it, it, if you're a human being, to know that 
The idea of just legalizing drugs to make your country quote-unquote rich, which it won't do, is just there's something unseemly about that. It's just dirty. It's, it's gross. Um, plus, it won't work. <laughs> Colombia would have been the richest country in the world by now. <laughs> exactly, yeah. So it's just... It's just disgusting the way he the way he treats Zayev and his family treat Macedonia almost well not almost they they're blatant about it they treat it as as if it's their their own uh, business uh, and and they've decided that you know growing marijuana and legalizing it for recreational use and selling it is the best way to make themselves rich. Um, One of so, the worst businesses yeah. in the region, the most criminal business, was uh, tobacco planting and. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. smuggling cigarettes because they carry such yeah, a high yeah. uh, uh, tax on them. So if you can get them to uh, Italy, for example, using speedboats to Albania and uh, Montenegro, you're instantly rich. And uh, this business yeah, just was ask, used... Uh, yeah. Just ask Milo Djukanovic. Yeah. <laughs> so this business was used by politicians, by security, you know, uh, officers, uh, secret service people across the region to make millions for them. It was used to bring yeah. down Milosevic, you know, the proceeds from this business through Milo Djukanovic were used both by Milosevic to support his uh, wars and then uh, by the coalition against Milosevic, who, you know, U.S. ambassadors would turn their a blind eye to facilitate this business and uh, uh, provided that the money were used to bring him down. Uh, so this would be the same thing. Uh, but at a much higher level, I think we've kind of managed to crack down on the illegal cigarette smuggling because uh, major companies entered this business and borders are largely open now in the region. So, you know, uh, laws, taxes for cigarettes are largely harmonized. And still, you know, you cross any border here, you keep getting asked, uh, are you carrying any cigarettes with you? <laughs> and this would be much worse. I mean, Zayev uh, is trying to give a progressive spin on the whole story to get people from his side supporting him. Uh, like, okay, we are legalizing this drug, which is not a drug, you know, stop being such squares about it. But in fact, you know, first issue is that he is personally involved in this. So this is like mm -hmm. direct corruption on the part of the prime minister giving licenses to himself and then legalizing the business even further. Uh, he was giving the licenses on the premise that this is going to be used only for uh, a different type of marijuana used for cannabis oil uh, and not for the stuff you smoke, but just the stuff you use for pain, like for glaucoma and stuff like that. Now he's reversing this uh, position and we already have a serious level of crime around this. So some company from Zaev's uh, city of Strumica had a plantation in Valandova. And they had like two tons of marijuana prepared, again, allegedly for oil extraction. And a bunch of Albanian mobsters from Aracino, which is a notorious hub for crime around Skopje. Oh, yeah. They drive into Valandova, they steal the two tons of drugs, they take them to Aracinova. And now Zaev needs to use the police to raid Aracinova, which is a dangerous proposition under any circumstances. We had police officers killed there before the war in 2001. We had people killed there in 2001 when Aracinova was the main center of, uh, you know, Alb Albanian guerrillas were fortified there and, and then the U.S. Army had to take them out. I remember it well. Yeah. And so, you know, we're in a very, getting very close to having police officers being killed because they are acting like Zayev's 
personal drug uh, enforcement agency, in, not enforcement enforcement in the sense you know uh, they're like the the narco soldiers of of a drug lord in this sense, right. raiding uh, one gang and they're the other gang in this sense, the, our police trying to get back the drugs which the prime minister planted and you know had people plant and grown and had stolen from them. And uh, and now the, and they say okay well we only found like two, several hundred kilograms, most of the drugs apparently disappeared in Kosovo which is very convenient even for the producer because if you wanna uh, if you're extracting oil out of out of it and you're making you know X but then if you sell it on the black market uh, you're make, making Y which is much greater than the original profit so it's very likely that the producers actually hinted or even hired these crooks to you know, bash their own guard in the head and steal the drugs and sell it on the black market for a much greater profit. And now the prime minister of the country is being questioned at the press conference where he was supposed to discuss European integration and judicial reform. And the questions are, sir, did you find your drugs, your marijuana? <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> no, actually, most of it probably ended up in Kosovo. And, you know, he most likely sold it. To the people who, who stole it. It's like, wow. Jesus. And then there is another raid. There is a, a plantation in Khrushchev. And there was a smaller quantity stolen. But it's widely reported that the person who did the stealing, the gang, uh, are relatives of the deputy interior minister who is from Dui. So we have mm. SDSM and Dui stealing their own drugs at this point. Mm. This is the, the level we are at right now. Even in Albania, which is the marijuana capital of the region, you do not have the prime minister running the business personally. He's smart enough to have to appoint people, you know, who are uh, publicly known, like the drug lord of uh, Albania. And from time to time, he like arrests some of them or raids the the village of Lazarat or some region where it's grown. Zayev is not smart enough. Zayev is actually, I don't know, doing this personally and he's not even shy about it. Right. Wow. That's, that's uh, depressing when you, uh, when you say that, but let's, let's go back to his quote there. He said, we will listen to the voice of the citizens and then parliament will act accordingly. Now, of course, my first, the first question is, uh, w- will the citizens, you know, decent, uh, men and women, uh, Macedonians and, and, uh, other, uh, groups that live in Macedonia that are citizens, will they, will they speak and say, this is not right? You know, will, will faith, uh, organizations, will, Will the church, will the imams, will the Jewish community, will uh, the evangelicals and others stand up and say, this is not right? Will, um, you know, doctors and, and uh, other health professionals stand up and say, this is not right and it will hurt uh, Macedonia, it will hurt our youth? Um, will people speak? No, he, when he says we're going to listen to the people, he means he's going to have several leftist NGOs and his people on Twitter drum up like support for this. Like finally we're joining the civilized world, which has legalized marijuana, like Colorado and, uh, you know, the mountain high state and, uh, and Rocky the Netherlands. High, Colorado. <laughs> and this is what he means by this. He's going to have like an expert. Deb- He's so persistent about this. He's been uh, insisting on this, you know, COVID strike. He says, well, uh, a way out of the economic crisis of COVID is going to be marijuana growing. Uh, the EU blocks our membership. Well, our way to reform the country after uh, Bulgaria vetoed our membership, it's uh, 
to grow more marijuana. <laughs> you know, I'm actually he actually at some point he started talking that it's a cure for uh, oh god uh, was he was it <laughs> autism or it was something really horrific like uh, something involving children. Uh, god, I can't remember now. It was really bad, like uh, mm. like complete snake oil, oil salesman. Like I'm selling drugs and uh, you know marijuana, and uh, it's gonna cure your warts and your measles and whatever you have. Yeah, it's yeah. really horrific. I mean, he he might as well go ahead and say we need to legalize prostitution as well because that'll bring in a lot of money too. Um, you know, it's just as disgusting and unseemly. It's more disgusting and unse- unseemly uh, and immoral. But um, that's essentially what he's saying: is let's engage in every vice known to mankind. Make it legal because it's going to make money. Um, and to your point about the NGOs and others, who was the um, the uh, far left uh, activist, the member of parliament who was caught with cocaine? Uh, oh, yeah, uh, Pavla Bogueski, the colored right, yeah. activist. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I, I to your point, I I do expect the Soros NGOs, etc., who are all from the left and all very much um, pro drug, um, to 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 speak. But I, I would hope that the voice of the majority of Macedonian citizens uh, who are decent and good people and probably think this is a horrible idea and horrified at it, <clears throat> I hope they do speak up and, 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 and say something because, uh, you know, the way Zoran Zayev is talking now, he's going to just ram this through Parliament at some point next year. Um, and I hope, I hope educators uh, will speak up as well, uh, which... Um, uh, because th- those that are charged with uh, teaching uh, young children and, and, and helping, obviously that starts in the home with the parents, but the teachers have a role in that as well. I hope that they will speak up and say, this is just not a good idea at all. Um, which leads into our next topic, uh, a revision of history. Um, so, of course, obviously that started with... Uh, with uh, the uh, the so-called Prespa Agreement, and uh, if you read all 19 pages of it, you'll you'll find how Macedonia is supposed to uh, basically change its own its its school books and history books and textbooks and maps and atlases and everything else, and according to suit the Greeks. Now the Bulgarians obviously have asked for the same thing, and it looks like the education minister is has agreed to that, basically saying that the Macedonians are going to uh, revise the, the history books and the school books uh, beginning next year, I think, or in the fall of next year. Um, what, what can you, yeah, what, 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 uh, what's going on there? Yeah, first an observation on the ed- educators helping on marijuana. You know, when they yeah, say yeah. don't do it, it's actually, you know, they're considered lame and not interesting. And, you know, the kids might just get the idea, okay, if the teacher says don't do it, I'm, I'm going to try it. But then when the government tells you it's cool and uh, acceptable to smoke marijuana, that might actually make it uncool <laughs> and destroy the <laughs> <laughs> All right, All right. Good, point. good point. So, <laughs> and uh, But then on this other issue, you know, the thing is, obviously, you know, in the Balkans we use education to form the nation and, you know, in any other part of the world, in any other country. Sure, we do it here. Of course. We, we used to teach American history to young kids. Uh, and I'm not sure. It used to have a positive spin, I remember. Right, right. right. Yeah. Actually, I was, I, was, I, was having dinner, I was having dinner with the sister and her husband and her, uh-huh. their kids the other night. And, and, and both of my nieces were able to quote uh, a good portion from memory, the Declaration of Independence. Seriously? Now, oh. Yeah, that's because my sister homeschooled her kids until 
high school, and then they entered a private Christian school where they are taught the same thing, basically. But I, I guarantee you the public schools don't teach that here anymore. Yeah, if, if they teach it, you know, it would be like uh, this horrible white male came and uh, destroyed the paradise <laughs> on Earth. It was... Which one? There's so many so of them. Many. Yeah, yeah. Oh, God. Uh, but, you know, with all these demands uh, against uh, the government that it uh, does, uh, you know, from Bulgaria, from Greece, that uh, uh, we declare ourselves like a newly invented nation, like artificial nation on the ruins of the, you know, Bulgarian nation or the Serbian nation or the Greek culture and whatever. So eventually the, the Zayev government, they just gave up and said, OK, we're abolishing history altogether. <laughs> Oh. They're not no, they, going to abolish they, it in full. They want to make it like a geopolitics uh, subject. So they're going to be like, right, have right. history. They're going to add geography to it. Like uh, you study how geography shapes history. And then you add uh, uh, social sciences, civics into the whole thing. And they're going to make like one uber class uh, out of these three. Then another would be like natural sciences, the rest of geography. Uh, I don't know, chemistry, biology, rolled into one, then they would, I don't know, I think they, they want to roll uh, arts and music into one arts class. But, you know, as soon as, you know, it might make sense in a, under, under different circumstances, but as soon as they mentioned it under these circumstances, everybody said, okay, yeah, well, we know what you're, what you're doing here. Mm. We had the joke that they're going to divide geography in... Uh, in Western and Eastern geography, because that's the way the country is going, uh, split, splits is. <laughs> but uh, making such a major reform of education would be a perfect, uh, in their mind, opportunity to just delete all the bits of history that Bulgaria or Greece object to and uh, just uh, rewrite anything they find objectionable and start afresh uh, in a process of uh, building like a new nation uh, with highly selective elements of uh, of all these studies, especially of history. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, and I'm looking for uh, looking for some of the quotes I like to uh, to talk here about uh, about history. Oh, here it is. Um, so um, uh, George Orwell, of course, the most effective way to destroy people is to deny and obliterate their own understanding of their history. Uh, Alexander Solzhenitsyn, to destroy people, we, you must first sever their roots. Again, Orwell, the past was erased, the erasure was forgotten, the lie became the truth. Um, and then uh, uh, the author uh, Milan, uh, Milan Kundera, uh, in one of his books, he, he writes, uh, the first step in liquidating a people is to erase its memory, destroy its books, its culture, its history. Before long, the nation will begin to forget what it is and what it was. So, uh, and I see here um, the, the late American sociologist uh, Robert Bella, uh, 1927-2013, wrote, quote, healthy nations must be communities of memory. And, and, that is, and what, the, what the government of Macedonia under Zoran Zayev is trying to do is to obliterate that by obliterating the history of Macedonia and the past. Uh, so, um, now... Is there going to be any open discussion about this, or is this just a kind of a fait accompli and the government's going to re rewrite the history books however it wants to? Uh, they said it's going to be a transparent process, and now they're pressuring <laughs> some like poor 
uh, high school, elementary school principals from across the country to go out on social media and record like a hostage tape saying, I think minister proposal erase history is good proposal because it will help <laughs> teach more important stuff to children, more streamlined education. It's horrible. I mean, it's really yeah, yeah. their PR campaign is as stupid as you can imagine. Just maybe even the, they're going to use the same people who are going to be out saying legalize marijuana, good for business. Now they're going to say, you know, abolish history, good for education. Well, they can, maybe they can, we can help them out. They can combine it into just one simple phrase to save their PR people some time and some money. It's just, uh, uh, marijuana, good history, bad, bad. Uh, <laughs> we can just make it really simple. You know, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. That's the title of our episode. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I think you just came up with it. You're right. That's it. Yeah. It's, it's marijuana, <laughs> good history, bad. Okay. I gotta, yeah. I gotta. <laughs> No, the or maybe 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 we have been maybe warning we, about her for a while. I mean, she's like a co- you have, yes, yes. product of uh, the Soros gang and uh, you know Milatsarovsk, and she would totally jump on board this. I mean, she's actually trying to in- install now sexual education, and oh, you know great. you can just imagine what she's going to put into this, uh, given the fact that she used to work for a far left uh, NGO that dealt with. Uh, uh, supporting drug legalization, I mean, hard drugs, you know, needle exchanges, stuff like that. Uh, HIV, you know, like uh, destigmatizing uh, HIV and, uh, you know, homosexuality, etc. That Those were her priorities in life, you know, supporting abortion. This is uh, this US funded uh, NGO where she worked. And you can just imagine, uh, you know, this type of people who used to throw paintballs, uh, on monuments of historic figures, what their approach toward history will be, especially now, even if Bulgaria was not demanding this of them, this right. would be their uh, preferred course, and now it's become their priority. Right. Well, we will continue to monitor that and see what happens. Um, of course, the school year, the school semester, I should say, in Macedonia ends on uh, what, the 31st of this month? Uh, I think they're, ex- uh, no, uh, yeah, yeah, t- uh, the winter break starts at uh, break, New break, Year. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so and New Year's, conveniently, New Year's happens to be on a Friday this year. So, uh, I mean, no way they're going to organize anything in time for the winter break. It's, uh, yeah. yeah. going to be maybe next year, maybe never the way things are going with Bulgaria. Mm. Well, yeah. So let's, let's talk about that a little bit. Let's pivot. Um, have to talk about Bulgaria. Uh, <laughs> yeah. so, so. Obviously, Obviously, this we is the are end of the year. Bound. <laughs> it's a, it's it's a part of our rider. Yeah. <laughs> we must talk about. In addition to only blue M and M's in the yeah. green, uh, <laughs> we must talk about uh, Bulgaria in every podcast. <laughs> it's a good thing we can joke about this. Mm. Um, well, we can. Where was I? Alive. Oh, Bulgaria, Macedonia. Yes, uh, Europe. Uh, good morning, Sunday morning. Um, <laughs> so. Here we are at the end of the year, uh, obviously Macedonia and Albania, uh, we have to lump them in, uh, did not get the, the green light to go ahead for to begin EU talks, uh, even though it's been promised for about 4,315 years. Uh, Germans failed, Portuguese take it up in January, or is it the Slovenes first? Is it the Portuguese? Or Slo- uh, I, I think it. the Slovenes, I think. The Slovenes pick it up? Okay. Who knows? Anyway, one of those two countries picks up the presidency of the European Union come January 1. 
They're going to have a hell of a time uh, trying to get this through. The Bulgarian elections are in March, which, of course, as we have talked about and others have talked about, that this is what it's all about. Uh, I'm sure there's an element of that there, but it's it's there is more than this to it. Um, so probably nothing's going to happen until the Bulgarian elections. And again, these are parliamentary elections uh, sometime in March. I don't have a date for me here in front of me. Um, we'll, we'll talk about that as we get closer and, and whether or not Boyko Borisov's party is, is going to um, uh, win, lose, draw, whatever. Um, where was I going with that? Bulgaria. Bulgaria. <laughs> uh, I don't... Oh, well, there is... And, and tying this back in with what we were talking about earlier on education, of course, uh, you, you mentioned, um, you know, civics and history and things like that. Uh, the whole issue of citizenship in Macedonia, of course, we know the Bulgarians have been offering citizenship to Macedonians if they just swear uh, on a stack of Bibles that at least one of their grandparents was a Bulgarian. I think that's correct. They, they uh, are asking for Bulgarian origin. And uh, right, it's, right. Uh, usually it's enough for them that some of your ancestors were, was a Bulgarian citizen. And, you know, right, everybody's right. ancestor was a Bulgarian citizen, given uh, the administration <laughs> of World War II. Sure, so. Sure. Uh, the, uh, the occupation know. or the administration? <laughs> so, so. And by definition, you are, uh, you know, uh, you are eligible to, to claim this. And uh, they would give it to you, usually no problem. I suppose you're all Turkish citizens, or Ottoman citizens at some point as well. So, so. I think Serbia has the similar clause, but nobody's seeking... You know, I think you just have to say you feel uh, that you were a Yugoslav citizen once, and, you know, I was, for example, oh, no. and... Uh, you have to just add to this that you have some kind of emotional attachment to the country, but nobody's seeking Serbian citizenship because you don't get, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm EU the perks that come with being a new member. Well, right. uh, yeah. Yeah. you know, somebody pointed out to Bulgaria that, listen, nobody was asking for your citizenship before you joined the EU. Now everybody is. And right. you have right. like almost 90,000 citizenship, uh, citizenships given to Macedonians. And Bulgaria is now saying, well, listen, we have this many minority members in Macedonia, they consider people who claimed citizenship, you know, if you have already made the statement of Bulgarian origin, that you're a Bulgarian, but, uh, you know, the response often is, well, yeah, but these people all got your citizenship and went to work in Germany and don't care to return either to Macedonia or Bulgaria, so you didn't really uh, gain anything here, so this is the the state of uh, play at the moment in this thing. Right. Now, on top of all of this, of course, we add uh, the fact that the Albanians now are agitating for a, a different type of citizenship for that would benefit mostly ethnic Albanians uh, living in Macedonia and elsewhere, I assume. Yeah, they, wanna, they claim that there are like 70,000 Albanians, I mean, they don't say Albanians, but you know, it's understood considering who is proposing this, uh, who have lived in Macedonia since uh, the breakup of Yugoslavia, but still haven't been given citizenship, even though, you know, we are exceptionally liberal, especially to Albanians, to gain citizenships. So uh, they think that uh, they now demand changes to the law to make it so that uh, you just have to provide a few witnesses that you have lived in Macedonia, I suppose, since the breakup of Yugoslavia. 
and you're eligible for citizens citizenship so sometime you know i can maybe vouch for you and we get somebody else and we can get you a citizenship uh, claiming that you've lived here non-stop since the breakup of Yugoslavia and actually you would be eligible <laughs> under any reasonable <laughs> circumstances uh, but we already have this huge number of floating uh, dual triple citizens between Macedonia, Kosovo and Albania and this could just make it even more uh, rampant this abuse of citizenships but mm -hmm. on the other hand you know as Zaev now depends on uh, Albanian voters, he would completely be open to, to doing this. Yeah. You know, as a, as a philosophical matter, I'm, uh, I'm opposed to the idea of having more than one citizenship. Uh, I only have one citizenship. I am eligible, uh, according to Hungarian law, to uh, claim Hungarian citizenship. But on a, on a philosophical level, I'm opposed to it because I believe you can only be loyal to one country at a time. If you have two or three or more citizenships, then you have divided loyalties. Uh, it's, it's simple math. It's a, it's a, it's a fact. Uh, and which one takes priority? And then if you, have, uh, if you are living in state X and have citizenship in state X and state Y and living in X, but you feel more affinity to Y uh, and the two countries go to war, then you would be kind of an enemy combatant within your own state. So, I you know, I, I can understand why people do it. I I'm, I, I don't like it, to be honest. Um, I'm not going to do it. Uh, and so I, but, you know, that's for each state on its own to decide. I mean, we see that here. We, we've, we famously have a, a lot of uh, wealthy people here uh, that are picking up citizenship in the EU through Cyprus and other countries uh, because they've got money. Uh, and they can, and, and they don't owe allegiance to the United States. I'm thinking of um, one in particular, Eric, what's, is it Eric Schmidt, formerly of Google, uh, the billionaire? Uh, yeah, and, and these people don't feel loyalty or affinity for the United States, which basically allowed them to become billionaires in the first place. Uh, and you see the Hollywood crowd, of course, every time, you know, when Trump's elected, they say they're going to leave for Canada. Of course, they don't. Um, but they could easily pick up citizenship in, in other places and leave, but they don't feel any love for the United States, uh, which is which is dangerous, to be honest, because uh, it, it, over time, that kind of an attitude and that activity and, uh, you know, eventually degrades, you know, the, the state, I think. Um, but I think this is all a function of, of uh, the fact that the United States is in the late republic uh, stage. Late Empire, Late Republic, Late Republic. So, uh, anyway, that's another subject for another time. So, uh, what else do we have to talk about? It's been a couple of weeks, as I said earlier, that since we've talked, we've got Christmas, the New Year's and Christmas coming up. Um, people are more focused on more important things like family and friends, just surviving, avoiding the COVIDs. Oh, that's too, yeah. Uh, what's that? Yeah, that's too. <laughs> yeah. The surviving but, uh, what, what, the, the numbers, I think, have gone down a teeny tiny bit in yes. Macedonia. That's good. Yeah, it's slightly peaked, and uh, yeah. we're yeah. down to almost under 20 deaths per day, and it used to be much more. So oh. yeah. we yeah. consider it uh, you know, a good trend. Good. Uh, good. The hospitals, you know, they were operating at capacity. 
bunches of COVID wards were opened across the country, uh, actually in Skopje mostly, in the, in the large uh, Mother Teresa clinic. Uh, in every individual clinic in this complex, you have like a COVID ward. Uh, the quality of care is not good. Uh, the mm. death rate is abysmal. By even by regional standards, not mention uh, uh, Europe-wide standards. Uh, we are going cap in hand around the region, begging for vaccines. So now Bulgaria offered to give us like ten percent, I think, of their share of vaccines because somehow we ended up last in the pecking order of countries mm. who would get the vaccines. I think Greece is also offering vaccines, but I I wouldn't take uh, you know <laughs> anything yeah. from them honestly. Uh, but yeah, our for healthcare minister is literally going like a beggar across the region and asking for, you know, spare vaccine, buddy, <laughs> something like that. It's really horrible. But we're open. Yeah. I mean, other countries yeah. are much more closed. You know, malls are yeah, open, true, true. Uh, mm-hmm. restaurants are open until six now, cafes like are open until yeah. six p.m. Yeah, but you can still, you know, eat outside, uh, drink, you know, stuff like that, and uh, mm-hmm. people are ignoring the don't congregate on the town square for the Christmas market order. Everybody does this. Mm-hmm. While across the region, this is not the case. They're much more closed. Right, so right. Uh, we used to be among the stricter countries. Now we are among the more lax countries and uh, you know, upholding right, the restrictions. Right. All right. Well, you know, and I'm using air quotes here. The science says that if you wear a mask, you keep your distance. Uh, you're not out, you know, going to, you're not going out clubbing at two in the morning with 300 other people. Um, if, if you do all these things, you, you lower your risk. And that, to me, that sounds reasonable. Um, I don't know if closing the bars and restaurants at 6 PM as opposed to nine or 10 PM makes a difference. I don't know if the, the, the COVID takes a break after, uh, <laughs> after 6 PM or something like that. I'm not sure how that all works, but, uh, I guess I guess they got the reason for it. Of course, unfortunately, it's the uh, restaurant owners and the waiters and waitresses and kitchen staff and cooks and others that suffer because they're not getting the income they need. And I hope the government is doing something about that. But knowing this government, I doubt it. Um, so, but but that's good news. As I said, that uh, the numbers are going down a little bit. Um, hope they continue to go down. Uh, is there a price? Is does the does the the health ministry or the government or whoever have they created a, a list of who gets the vaccine first once it starts coming in uh they're not there yet uh, we still don't have those scenes like in the u.s okay why are you giving to the politicians first give it to the doctors <laughs> uh, it's but it's gonna come soon i guess uh, i think uh, you know we're back in the pecking order but you know how far can we be i mean uh, we only need like a few hundred thousand doses and uh it's going to come soon, but I, I don't think they've already announced what uh, they're going to do about it. At this point, you know, the government is preoccupied with satisfying different uh, lobbying interests. So every day they mm-hmm. declare, OK, we give X to the latest is like uh, language schools. Uh, we give, give Y to restaurant and uh, bar owners. Uh, so basically mm-hmm. they're open, open corruption here, you know. Chambers of Commerce come, demand money, Zayev gives them money, then splits some of it between himself, you know, his cousins. It's a absolutely, like, a absolute corruption. And uh, mm-hmm. this is why, you know, this 
entire thing is so popular with the political class. They they love it. I mean, they're borrowing money like there is no tomorrow, and they're handing it out to whoever bribes them the most. Yeah, well, borrowing money. They're borrowing money from future future generations by expanding the public debt, of course, which is what we're doing here. Which is, I think, what all countries are doing. There's a certain in a in a in a unprecedented time like a health crisis like this. There's a it can be a certain understanding for that, uh, but uh, you know we just passed a nine hundred billion dollar uh, relief bill uh, on top of the uh, the one that was passed in the spring. I don't know how. I think that was three trillion. I can't remember. Anyway, mm-hmm. any, our 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 debt is now twenty six trillion dollars, and the economy is only what twenty one trillion dollars. So you do the maths, as our British friends say. Uh, so, but of course, um, you know nobody's ever gonna. Nobody's ever going to, after this, nobody's going to call for raising taxes or trying to figure out other ways to lower ex- government expenditure. That's just not the way it works. And, and of course, that's all all empires, kingdoms, principalities, duchies, states, etc. collapse. Is that they, because you can't print or mint your way to prosperity. It just doesn't work. Uh, so uh, anyway, that's another, another subject for another time. What else we got here? Um, I don't have a farmer's pick. Um, I need to, I need to, I need to get back up on my game on that. I know we've, we've talked about, we're going to redo the, uh, the intro to this podcast and we will do that. We said that I think a month and a half, I said that a month and a half ago, and I promise we will do that, uh, new intro for the new year, uh, as we Thank put 2020 <laughs> behind it, <laughs> as we put 2020 behind us, we need to get a website put up. Uh, we have some housekeeping issues, I guess, to, to the way to put it to, here at the Macedonian Content Farmers Podcast. Um, but first, I have to clear can. up actual housekeeping. <laughs> <laughs> I understand. Uh, mm. Fix uh, this and, you know, replace the light bulb over there. The joys of, the joys of home ownership, exactly. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, which uh, reminds me, I am actually still uh, working here. It's uh, 10.30 in the morning on the uh, 22nd of December. I still, we, we've still got a ton of work to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is good, you know. I'm grateful. That's the one thing, one 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 thing that uh, maybe we can end this way. Um, I've been very conscious this year, especially of uh, the many blessings that I have been given, uh, and, and not just me, my family, friends, and others. I've known people that have have had the COVIDs and have uh, survived, and uh, I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for the work that I've had this year, and that you know we continue. Having a, a lot of work with our clients, I'm grateful for all that, uh, and I think that's a good way to um, to end the year in this podcast um, next week with an attitude of thankfulness and gratitude, as I've written about and as we've talked about many times before. Next week, uh, I guess we'll see. Like I said, the first is on a Friday. We'll see what kind of a podcast we can get in. Uh, any any closing thoughts there? Yeah, I'm feeling grateful, you know, but uh, also. Grateful. I'm, I'm becoming insufferable <laughs> now with uh, the year which has actually uh, vindicated everything we've been warning about and they're practically being proven right uh, about True. everything we've been saying. It couldn't, it couldn't have been more obvious how, uh, you know, everything we've been warning about, about Zayev, his treaties with the neighbors, that that's not going to uh, bring uh, friendship and goodwill among the neighboring countries. It's going to be a disaster. His fight against crime is going to be a complete disaster. So everything has turned out like uh, coming up Milhouse. And uh, I'm really becoming insufferable in this regard. Uh, 
So maybe hopefully next year, you know, uh, okay, we've, we've, uh, it's done. We saw what happened. Uh, maybe just give it a few more months. It's actually very amusing to see the Bulgarians keep pushing Zaev on the Tito issues, on the issues, you know, the left cares about here. But after that, you know, we really need to stop this and, uh, <laughs> you know, remove that person and see what we do next and how we can, uh, you know, start building a normal country again. And hopefully this would be work for next year, for the whole of next year, and then for a long period afterwards, I'm afraid. No, I couldn't, couldn't agree with you more. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a situation where I, I hate to say, you know, we've been proven right, but we've been proven right, like you said. And and, and to your other point there, I think, you know, Zoran Zayev is famous of saying there is no alternative. Well, which is, of course, is a way of shutting down debate. It's a logical fallacy. There are always alternatives. And you just got to be smart about it. You got to sit down and think and figure it out. And if Bulgaria is just going to keep saying no, then that's that. You have to figure out something else. Um, and drugs <laughs> and, and making <laughs> Macedonia one giant marijuana field and selling drugs is not the way to go. So, yeah, so yeah. Uh, <laughs> anyway. anyway. <laughs> All right. Uh, I got to get back to work here. So, uh, yeah, we will, too, uh, unfortunately. Uh, we'll, uh, yeah, we will uh, talk again next week. Absolutely. Take care, buddy. You too.